Welcome to another episode of Failing to Success. I'm your host, Chad Kalecki with Cosmic Design. Today on the show, we have Samantha Stone. Her company is called Marketing Advisory Network. And what they do is they unleash possibilities for organizations that have complex products and services. So Samantha, how do you unleash possibilities? That's a great question. We do it in a couple of different important ways. The first one is we help our clients really understand their buyers. So we build products and services for specific audiences. We get to know them. And oftentimes we get a little bit in our own way. We start to get a little, we build a lot of assumptions about why buyers use the features they do, why they buy from us. And so we work hard to help organizations really go out and do the kind of research they need to break from those assumptions and make sure they have accurate information. The second big important thing we do is we help organizations build their marketing and go to market strategies in a way that aligns the whole organization around their goal. Go to market isn't just a marketing thing or a sales thing or anything else. It's really a whole business effort. And so we help organizations really tap into their marketing teams and potential and dollars and make sure that they're using them wisely. Can you share an example of a creative way you've been able to do this? I'm not sure if it's a creative way, but it's a proven way. And I'll, I'll share that. We spent a lot of time doing ops and then followed up by primary research. So I really fundamentally still believe in bringing people together from across an organization to capture all the information and insights we have across the business as a starting place. And then based on that, we know what information gaps we have. We know where we don't have information. And then we can go out and do the kind of research that's required to make sure we're filling those gaps. But most importantly, really when it comes down to it is a lot of times people know what to do. They just can't get the whole team around what to do. And so some of our superpower really just comes from helping organizations rally, prioritize, pick the few things that are going to have the biggest impact and then measure progress against those. So on your 11 year journey of building out this company, has your practices, have they pretty much remained the same, tried and true? It, that's a really good question. Yes and no. So let me, there are foundational things that remain true. And I really believe are skills we all need and will always need around things like conducting qualitative research, around understanding our businesses deeply and making decisions about how we want to go to market and what type of a business we want to grow and what we want our values of the organization to be and how we show them. But how we do the day-to-day -day work in marketing has just changed over the last couple of years and the five years before that, the five years shift and grow. The channels we use are different. The way we build content is different. The way we even create images and do design is different. And so lots of the how has shifted, but the what we do has stayed steady and is a solid foundation. So are you also coming in and building out the designs and doing the marketing piece? So I do, we do a lot of content creation in terms of copy and messaging and positioning work. We don't do a lot of design work for clients. If we have a client who doesn't have a design resource, I have folks in the network. It's part of the marketing, the network part of marketing advisory network. And I'm happy to help manage those or connect them with resources. But we don't make money on that. Our goal is to just make sure that our customers are going to market with the best content they can. And if they don't have those resources, I will help them find those resources. Can you share with the audience an example of like one of these very complex products you've had to bring to market? Ugh, everything, right? So I have had, I've, I've been really lucky. I'll, I'll give you actually a story about an organization. Before I started my consulting practice, I worked for a technology company and we had a software product that allowed you to 
scale your data management and your analysis quite extensively. It was really complex what we aimed to do. We were working with organizations that were really big enterprises with many, many terabytes and petabytes of data. And what we did looked like on the surface the same of what everybody else did. We analyzed data at the high level message. We help people save money, save time, you know, all the same things that we all say. But to really understand our product and what we did, you had to get into the architecture of not just our solution, but the organizations that we hoped to serve. And so when I say a product is complex or a service is complex, I mean lots of people in an organization are involved in buying it. So there's a whole buying committee of people with different needs and wants. It's a decision that influences and impacts many different functions in a company. So it's not so straightforward that one person is going to say, I'm just going to go buy this. And to explain what we do takes more than a tagline. And it often takes, you know, a real deep conversation with an organization about what we do, but also how they might use it. So how does that conversation look? Conversation is multiple conversation, and that's the magic of marketing, right? Nobody is going to come to us for the very first time and want to sit down and have a four-hour demonstration, go deep into their architecture and tell us all about the pain points that they have, right? We don't, we, our buyers aren't going to do that. So it's a series of conversations that happens over time. Some of it is a literal conversation that we think about when we say the word conversation, where a salesperson is actually meeting with someone and they're demoing the product or they're going on site to the customer, they're describing the methodology in detail. Other times conversation is sort of a loose term for sharing information. It might be that somebody comes to my website and is downloading papers from my site or watching videos where we describe the problems that we solve, or they're looking at a case study, or they're going to an event and one of our customers are speaking. So the conversations happen over an extended period of time across multiple different people who have different needs and wants and desires. And that what's, that's what makes our marketing and our sales enablement a challenge because we can't just create a simple message that's gonna meet the needs of everybody. We need to take the time to understand the different needs and map out communication strategies that are going to serve those different audiences in different ways. So are you focused more on B2B or B2C? So I, the, the simple answer to your question is B2B, but as you can tell, I don't like simple answers. So I'll just, I'll just clarify for that. There are products that you might sell to a business that are more consumer-like and that they're impulsive, a single person buys them. For example, I might need office supplies. That's usually not a committee decision. It is a business-to-business -business purchase, but it's a straightforward one. And there are commercial products where there is a complex decision on purchasing. For example, when my child selected the college or university they were going to go to, there were multiple people involved in that decision, our financing institution, my child, my husband, me, some extended family about where they might need to go to and, and other factors we take into account. And so um, that is actually a complex decision, even though it's consumer. So most of the time I'm working with products or services that are selling to other businesses, but that alone isn't enough to say whether it's really a complex buy. How many times do you see these businesses and these customers of yours having to touch the client before they're able to convert into a sale? 
Oh, that's a really excellent question. I guess it depends on what you mean by touch. I, very few of the products and services that I work with don't have some live interaction with someone. We're at least having a discussion of some kind and negotiation around license agreements or deliverables that might be in a statement of work or something else. Now, that doesn't mean a lot happening digitally. One of the things that traditional B2B, when we think of that sort of class is we're pretty bad as an industry in terms of e-commerce and selling things to other businesses. And even organizations that have really complex products and services where someone does need to have a conversation before you're gonna go buy something, they still want e-commerce-like experiences. They still wanna look at pricing before they're ready to talk to a salesperson and get an idea of this is a scale. They still wanna build their requirements of what they need from us before they see a demo. They still want to maybe even execute the transaction online once they've decided to move forward and electronically place a purchase order in or do a legal review of a contract. And so I'm seeing a pretty big evolution that was accelerated because of the pandemic, because a lot of the salespeople who used to go out and do meetings and be in person, a lot of that had to halt. And a lot of organizations aren't going back to flying people around and they've restricted their travel budgets even now. And so we have to get cleverer about how we use digital technology to have create better B2B commerce experiences throughout the buying journey. Yeah, it's interesting to see that pivot and that it needs to feel like e-commerce, even though it's not. <laughs> I mean, even my own business. So I use my own business as an example of this because I sell a pretty personalized, customized consulting practice. If I engage with a new client, it, it really is a unique engagement to them. And it's really hard for me to just say it's going to cost this and do that. However, there are things that I offer that can be e-commerce oriented. So if somebody visits my website, you can get classes that are on demand for me, like that are just educational in nature. You could buy those and you can even buy a plan review for a couple hundred bucks and directly pay for it and book time on my calendar directly from my website. Is that a replacement for my you know, custom consulting? Absolutely not. But does it allow people an entry point and a way to get to know me through a commerce experience? Or does it meet a need of some segment of my clients who don't need really big custom work? Absolutely. And that's a big shift for me, right? That isn't something I'd offer. I started offering those in December. And it's been really rewarding to see how much pickup there's been. I actually didn't expect very many people to take advantage of it, but it's nice to see that my own business mirrors what I'm seeing overall in the market, that people want different ways of engaging with organizations and vendors. Well, thank you for being on the show, Samantha. It's really educational. How would people get in touch with you if they needed to do so? So unleashpossible.com is the easiest way to get a hold of me. There's tons of great resources that are on the site. I encourage people to download them. And also I'm on LinkedIn as well, which is I think how we connected. It is, yeah. Well, thank you, Samantha, for being on the show. And thank you, everybody, for listening to another episode of Failing to Success. I'm your host, Chad Kalecki with Cosmic Design. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe, and we'll see you next time. Yeah.